0: Welcome back to another episode of The Fulfillment Project. You got Sarah here, and I am super jazzed to introduce you to my guest today, Ryan Yakomi. Ryan is a business coach like myself, but on a very different spectrum. He is a spiritual business coach, so our chat today is going to be very enlightening and a little bit of a different vibe than what you usually get here with me, but this is, this is going to be fun. So Ryan is an internationally recognized expert in the field of personal transformation. And over the past decade, he has helped hundreds of spiritual seekers create a foundation for inner peace through releasing limiting stories, intuitive development, getting into vibrational alignment, and discovering their life purpose. So Ryan's work will really help people tap into their inner guru, guide them home, make them feel more connected, wildly free, and abundantly wealthy in all areas of life. So if you're looking to feel more aligned with life, if you're looking to to balance energies if you're looking to create more wealth and money in your life from the spiritual standpoint or maybe even understand how that works you are going to love this episode let's get to the show hello ryan welcome to the fulfillment project i am so excited to introduce you introduce you to my audience today Hey Sarah, thanks for having me. Yeah, guys listening, we have the Soul Wealth King here. Ryan is someone who has been on my radar for quite a few years. We were uh, just chatting before we hit the record button here, and I've been following this man for about since 2014, 2015, and it's been amazing to watch his evolution. Uh, he is also a business coach as well, like myself, but very much on a different spectrum. So I thought I would bring him on and share with you more of the spiritual, energetic side. To business which ryan is the master in
1: yeah sarah thanks for having me i'm honored to be here your podcast is amazing i love the name of it
0: yeah the fulfillment project it was one of those things that actually came to me in a meditation it was one of those downloads and i was like oh this just makes so much sense yeah so we talk about business we talk about high performance personal development and all that internal growth that really needs to go into play when we're looking to build something
1: Well, that's that's cool. You did that because that's literally how I created my whole business is through downloads. Mm. Like you receive the intuitive hit and then you just trust and take action on it. Yeah, Yeah, it works.
0: Is that where your podcast? So, guys, uh, Ryan has a podcast called the Soul Wealth Podcast. If you haven't seen it, haven't been in that radar, go check it out. He's amazing. Did that come to you as a download as well? Yeah. So we were. Have
1: you ever been to Encinitas, California? No. It's in it's just uh, a little north of San Diego, and is it's gorgeous. is in uh, a strip called North County. So you have, um, you know, all these little towns along the ocean that run along the Pacific Coast Highway, like Del Mar and um, Salona Beach, and then Encinitas, and it's just really super spiritual. There's a ton of spiritual entrepreneurs that live there. Um, John Asraf lives down there. There's a bunch. He was my first mentor when I was 25. And um, so there's a bunch of great people that live down there. And Encinitas, uh, we were living down there for three months, and... There's this little store called the Self-Realization Store, and they have like all these spiritual books. And um, it's, it's in the place where there's a self-realization center where Yogananda teaches or, or taught in that area, and he developed that center. So we were in there once, and I was actually um, Chris, my fiancé, soon-to-be wife. She was reading a book, and in there he said something about soul wealth. And I was like, that is so cool, right? So I want to give credit to Yogananda and we saw that and it wasn't like, it was just this one sentence that he had said in the book and it was like, it just clicked like that needs to be the brand that needs to be the name.
0: Mm. And
1: it's so embodied like spirituality and wealth to me.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So when you say the word soul wealth, and this is kind of like the whole stem of our conversation today, how would you describe that to someone?
1: Uh, well, it's two part, right? Like, I think we're, I mean, we're both business owners. So, uh, like, I'm a super driven dude, and the the great thing about that is we get shit done. Um, the kind of crappy thing about that is it usually is never good enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll put my hand up to that one.
1: <laughs> it's never, or or you know, I'm not good enough. You know, or usually it's for me. It's externally like, oh, I could do better. I wasn't good enough, and it could have been hugely successful. Um, and the other thing was, it's like, sometimes we can get lead to, led to burnout. Like there's just, you know, mm-hmm. we push ourselves so hard or we take on so much. Um, so that's another thing. So I kind of learned like in order to, you know, feel really divinely connected with the soul, you have to learn to integrate your spirituality with your humanness. And so it's more about like the soul is like, we are all eternal beings. We're having a, you know, spiritual experience as a human being, but then it's also, you know on the the wealth side it's having like an abundant mindset it's knowing when to take self care it's honoring the body mind and soul and then integrating your sort of crazy spiritual intuitive empathic psychic gifts into your human experience and that's to me what soul wealth is
0: mm, i love that love that so where did this whole spiritual development start for you because i mean i've i've definitely like followed you for a while i know this wasn't always your path how did you you know transition into this part
1: Yeah, like when did I come out of the spiritual closet?
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, we were a lot alike. I mean, for a long time, I mean, I started, so I dropped out of high school when I was uh, in grade 11. And then I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I always wanted freedom. And I was always a rebel, like always. Like I got in lots of trouble as a kid, like drugs, alcohol, that stuff. And then I started my own business in construction when I was 19. And I basically just like failed through all my twenties until I was like tens of thousands of dollars in debt by the end of my twenties. And like everything I touched, I had multiple failed businesses and I couldn't figure out why, like I couldn't get out of my own way. And I thought it was just like, I thought I needed to learn more. I thought I needed to educate myself more. I thought I needed to get more credentials. Like I thought I needed to get more experience. So I'd like absorb a lot of material and content and, and then what actually changed. So at, and, when I was 30, 30, about 30, 31, we started, uh, having huge success in a network marketing company. And then I transitioned into my passion now, which is coaching about four years ago and massive success in that too. And what changed for me was like, I went through this massive, incredibly huge spiritual awakening. And I realized that I had a huge block around receiving. So I was going through and taking like lots of action But I wasn't ever like really receiving the money or receiving like praise like I had a really hard time even receiving hugs or receiving compliments, let alone someone paying me big sums of money. So for me, like when I went through that, that sort of like spiritual awakening was like, oh, my God, I had this block around receiving. As soon as I shifted that, it's like everything started to flow.
0: Mm, that's so interesting. And, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about, and they probably still stay in that, that doing mentality that you were in. Like, I'm definitely like that. I'm the driver, and I'm like, oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Just keep doing, keep learning, keep strategizing. So what were some of the first steps that you took to start like, letting down that, that guard or unblocking those, those things for you?
1: Yeah, so I, I looked at um, the negative meaning I was giving success so the, the story i had created around the negative side of success like if you ask most people why do you want to make money what do they usually tell you i want freedom yeah everyone wants freedom right i want freedom to do whatever but and everyone tells you like oh i want success because it will make me happier give me freedom or time with my family or pay off debt whatever but if you look at the negative side that you have associated with success you'll actually find your block so i had two blocks uh one was i had a massive fear of responsibility Um, which like, I felt like a lot of people would want my time. And so I would lose time from like things that would make me feel spiritually connected. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm gonna be overwhelmed with like so many people demanding of my time. Um, and the other thing I had is that I believe that business had to be a struggle to get ahead and make money. So in order to create wealth, I actually believed you had to like it was hard and you had to suffer and it had to be this huge like struggle to make money and get ahead and all these things and i actually learned that from my parents because i don't know if you know this but when i was growing up my parents had an amway business Mm -hmm. and they were just getting it started like if you if you read have you read um jen book you're a badass at making money
0: yes yes
1: it's good right yeah Do you remember in there she talks about how when a plane takes off, it burns 40% of its fuel getting off the tarmac? And then it can
0: coast, yes.
1: Then it can coast, yeah. So I grew up watching my parents do that, trying to get their Amway business off the ground. Eventually, they did. In the 80s, they were making six figures. But at the time, it was really hard for them. So I I linked, like, the meaning of success was it's hard, it's a struggle you know, when you get money, you're unable to keep it. So I had all these negative beliefs associated with success. So it didn't matter how hard I worked, how much I learned, how much I pushed and, uh, you know, put in work ethic. I had a negative meaning of success. So it would always self-sabotage. So I literally had to look at that and then change the meaning I was giving success that like money comes to me easily and effortlessly. I can grow my business in ease. I have more than enough clients to work with. and, And as soon as I changed my beliefs, that's when my business took off.
0: Hmm. And it's almost like that, that delicate balance of allowing, but still keeping up the, the, the work as well. Right. Cause we can't just sit back and be like the universe, like take over. I'm not going to do anything here. So was that hard for you to kind of, I guess, give up that control?
1: Oh my God. Yeah.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting there talking. I'm like, Oh God, like that would be impossible for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like learning deeper states of surrender. For sure, right? And and again, it's like, I think it's important to remember that, <clears throat> you know, you still have to take action. Like one of the things I love about you, you have such a kick-ass drive. Like you have, I mean, and really, what you created is so beautiful. So it's still like I tell people, like if you don't, I mean, if you don't take action, it's still like they're going to be taking away your couch, right, mm-hmm. or your car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you got it, you have to take action. But when you're in flow, um, it's not really work. Like I'll have days where I work 14 hour days, but I'll have days where I work an hour. And it's like you, you find a flow and then, you know, you move into surrender. But yeah, hell yeah, it was super hard. It's still hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of our listeners come from the health or fitness world. And I mean, fitness is a very masculine dominating energy. So I think sometimes bringing in that ease and flow can be really hard for those of us who are the drivers, like we're the strategy, we're just like get shit done type of people. Um, but yeah, like what you'd mentioned there, you know, we get more prone to burnout and my, myself as well. You know, those of you listening, if you, I had an episode out a few, uh, a few weeks ago about going through burnout and not really recognizing the typical signs and it was showing up as anxiety and then it was showing up as a back injury. And then, you know, I've realized like I need to bring in feminine energy because it's not natural for me. And I was doing nothing to like self-care myself, like relax my mind and just in the being state because for me that gives me anxiety to be in the being state. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to dive in a little bit more about masculine and feminine energy. I've talked about it a little bit with our audience but I'm definitely not the master at that. So I would love for you to um, yeah let us know.
1: Well that's what yeah that's what we're talking about. It's so funny because I was just going to bring this up it's like you're reading my mind. (laughs) Yeah so that's really what um, I had to learn to integrate. Right. And I had, again, a really negative association with the feminine energy of the slowing down because I I grew up. My dad's, uh, you know, Japanese, my mother's Canadian and uh, my dad's super disciplined, like Japanese are culturally, you know, for the most part, very disciplined, uh, hard work ethic. And so I grew up like if you're slowing down or not doing anything, then you're lazy and you're weak. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I can relate to that. Yeah
1: yeah right mm-hmm. and everything's gonna fall apart yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, as long as I keep moving everything's okay <laughs> Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so just remember this so what I what I learned is that's why you you have to remember like the masculine and feminine they both get shit done they just do it differently so by nature I'm more masculine but I've learned to integrate my feminine so when I'm in my masculine you know you're in your masculine when you want freedom and you want to arrive somewhere, like you want to complete a task, you're very driven, you're very focused. Uh, You know you're in your feminine when you actually want love and you just sort of want to flow through life. And for some people that's really uncomfortable. The key in business is this, this is what everyone needs to do, is we typically associate being in our masculine drive with making money. Like that's the way that you show up and, and you create and you have money, and that's true. Um, But if you add in that you can actually create money when you're in your feminine, you will. Mm -hmm. So if you have a belief system that says if I slow down and relax and meditate or read and chill, like just fucking chill, that people still come to me and enroll with me, you know, and like money still flows to me from usual and unusual ways when I'm relaxed then you then you're tapping into flow in the masculine and feminine and you're making money when you're chill and you're making money when you're in your drive as well Mm. so that's the secret
0: yeah i love that so if someone wants to bring in more feminine what are some ways that you would recommend that they do that or or more masculine depending on who's listening here
1: yeah, that's a that's a big one. Okay, so I'm assuming most most listeners probably, be masculine, probably masculine, right? Probably masculine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, well, you have to first look at like the meaning that you're giving feminine energy, right? So, like, how would how would you describe feminine energy as a
0: the the being the like being present, nurturing, loving, flow, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: this is a perfect example, right? So it's how can you be that way? And, you know, I watch Chris, my fiance, she'll have a bath, you know, or she'll like, you know, dress in something really sexy or nice or, you know, she'll even like do her mantra practices to just like reconnect because this is how you know you're in your feminine. By the way, everyone does go into their feminine. Um, You go into your feminine when um, you're, you're not, again, trying to arrive into anything. You're not trying to get somewhere. You're just happy being. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. I mean, nature is awesome. Like, I know, you know, you love getting into nature, too. Like, you can get into nature, and that will really connect you into your feminine. Because there's certain places on Earth, like, we've been to Maui three times. Maui is so feminine. Have you been to Bali? I haven't been to no,
0: Bali. No, I've want to di- go? Yes, yes, yes. It's, like, one of my bucket list places, for sure. Every, every single woman I talk to wants to go to Bali. Like, I don't know. It's just so like peaceful and serene and you can just do yoga and just chill and be. And like, I think I'm drawn to that because I know if I go there, I could just be and it gives me permission because I'm going there to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I need to make a plan to go relax.
1: Well, let's go to Bali. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do Set some intentions. <laughs> well, I have a client in Bali and uh, it's a man and he's awesome and he just, you when we do uh, Zoom zoom sessions um on video i, I can pick up the energy because i'm obviously empathic i think everyone's empathic but uh and you can pick up the energy and it's so calming so bali is feminine um you know whereas new york's masculine right like yeah. chicago's masculine so I different live, places yeah and
0: like, i live just outside toronto so very masculine <laughs> very masculine <laughs> concrete yeah, jungles, so, yeah.
1: You, if you really want to sink into feminine, like go to an area of the, the earth that is very feminine, and it will just the environment will change your energy and your aura and get you more comfortable with it. Um, but from a day to day thing, it's just sometimes to be honest with you, like I work with a lot of people that are first come to me, they are predominantly masculine. I just got to get them to fucking sit for like 10 minutes and do nothing. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, one of my clients, I said, listen, I just need you to just sit for 10 minutes. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I because they're so they're, they're massive achievers, right? And, and, and they're like, oh, you want me to read a book? You want me to like, give me the to do list. I can do it. Just, just give, me <laughs> give me the to do list. <laughs> list of how to be feminine. So um, I'm like, no, can you just sit? And they're like, well, that's really uncomfortable for me. And I said, yeah, can you not grow? Mm. And they're like, well, what do you mean, can I not grow? That's dying and i'm like actually it's allowing yourself to heal if you just be for a little bit and you'll feel a much bigger capacity to grow your business when you come out of that because you'll have more space in your mind so to me it's like the game of business is like how do you create more space in your mind so there's not all these things taking up energy and you can clear some of that out so you can handle a bigger load of clients or business or whatever you do so sometimes it's just just Mm -hmm. sitting
0: Mm mm-hmm I watched, I believe it was a video or maybe a Facebook Live that you did, it was a few years ago, talking about how the world is actually more in the feminine energy side in general, after 2012, I believe it was, and how people, much like myself, maybe the drivers, the achievers, are more prone to burnout now and not feeling as fulfilled because we're still trying to play in the masculine energy. Would you mind elaborating on that for our listeners?
1: Yeah, how deep can we go? We here? can go as like, much.
0: We can go woo, woo, as much as you want.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. We well, go like past well, lives and everything. They'll
0: be, they'll be sitting there going, "What are they talking about?"
1: <laughs> okay. So this, this is what I'll say to everyone, right? If you study, um, like, I've studied a lot on archetypes, um, a lot on shadow work, and um, I'm trained in shadow work. Uh, if you don't know what shadow work it is, it's just, um, you know, Carl Jung said it best. He was a Swiss psychologist. He said, "The shadow is the person we'd rather not be." So if anyone has a hard time slowing down, it's because you don't want to be that lazy person. So you really do have to integrate that. So it's, it's going back to um, if you are a fitness person, you hands down have the archetype of an athlete. And so you're going to be naturally driven, right? And you're probably an overachiever. So one of the things you have to learn to do because your shadow side is actually going to be not enjoying the fruits of your labor. It's always like more, 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 next, next, next. So when you actually slow down into it, you get to explore different parts of yourself that you otherwise wouldn't have seen because you're always moving forward. So really it's about how can I get to know who I am as a person in business and outside of business? Like who am I outside of business? Mm. That's the key. So, when you go into the woo woo stuff, the Mayans predicted in 2012 that we would go from the information age. So, when I said I was failing through my 20s, we were in the information age where it was like gather information, the internet just came open. Um, Are you familiar with the Akashic Records? No. Okay, so the Akashic Records are basically like a library filled with books of all the souls in the universe. And there's certain people that, um, like Linda Howe, that can read the Akashic records and literally could pinpoint what your soul's purpose is in this lifetime by accessing them. So, when the internet opened, like which is basically go on and Google and search, that's when the Akashic records fully opened up for us to access as well. So, we went from the information age of like the internet and gathering and, and acquiring information and knowledge to the intuition age. So, in 2012, Energetic, we fl- we flipped from the solar plexus, which is a masculine-based energy, to the feminine energy, which is a heart chakra-based energy. So what's happened is, the collectively, the energy of the world has now moved up into the heart, and so people are now opening up more into their heart. In order to do that, you have to tap into your feminine energy. So there's two things happening with people: is either what I'm noticing with people is that either people like us that we are open to being like, hey, maybe I should listen to my emotions. Maybe I do have an intuition, you know maybe I do need to slow down a little bit while I honor my masculine drive too, or you have people that don't want to open their heart and they're actually fighting to be more in their masculine, you know and this is like if you look at I'm not saying any presidents that have really bad hair that <laughs> do all kinds of interesting things, <laughs> Kim Jong Un no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, um, not saying any presidents, but there's certain there's certain people that are very masculine, and what you're seeing is that sort of um, unhealed collective energy that is fighting to stay alive, and it's almost like this rebellious last burst that is coming to the surface to be healed as people open up their hearts more. Mm.
0: Mm, that stuff is so fascinating to me. And, you know, because I, I saw you do a video all on that and I was like, this makes so much sense because people are wanting more freedom and more ease in their life. And I think this is why the age of the entrepreneur is out and people don't want to be stuck in such regimented schedules anymore with, with giving up more of this masculine side and more of into the feminine. So, you know, we, if we look at our younger generations coming up, I truly do believe that they are wanting more of the, the feminine but it's, we're mm-hmm. kind of living in the olden age of, of us who are older still trying to shed that masculine energy.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got it. And, um, you know, it's like, the, I mean, the younger generation are just like another level, right? They're, it's like, Like I look at us like we're, tra- we're the trailblazers. So if you think of podcasting, right, like your podcast does very well, mine does very well too. And that's because the collective wants to voice Mm-hmm. Like when I say the collective, I mean that there's, there's really only one soul. So when you tap into the what's called the field, we look like we're separate, but everything's interconnected as one. So when you raise up and you heighten your vibration and ability to make more money and help more people, you actually feel connected to every single person and everything. So what's happening with like 10, let's say 10 years ago, what was huge? It was blogging blogging was like massive, right? Like 10 years ago, everyone was blogging. Now there's not as many people blogging. There's a lot more people podcasting as that's because the collective wants to speak. They want to get their throat chakra going and their voice to get out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, uh, we're the, I mean, I call us the trailblazers, right? Like I'm 37 and we're like,
0: fuck everybody i'm going to place my dread yeah well i think i mean i'm 33 and i think we're kind of that first generation of stepping out of what was the norm i mean it wasn't just like go to school get good grades get a job that you're okay with and be successful it's that led to like for me i was a dental hygienist that led to massive unfulfillment for me i mean you said you tried to fit in with so many things and, and being an entrepreneur and things wouldn't work and i think we're at a point now where we want to be heard and that's why I love. I've fallen in love with podcasting. Has it been like your cause I know you've run a couple different content streams. Has podcasting been one of like your favorite projects?
1: Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Um, I love the way you can reach people without needing to be there. You know, you can record like what we're doing now and then help and make an impact while you're not physically there. Um, but yeah, I love, fa- I do Facebook lives too. Those are really fun. Um, and then I still do blogging and YouTube videos. But uh, yeah, definitely podcasting's
0: up there. Good, good. Um, Diving a little more into your story and your business, how has it been like building the Ryan You brand? What are some challenges that have come up?
1: Oh God, letting go of control. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so challenges, um, well, I went like, you know, my business basically in the first year of coaching did like 150,000 and then just like scaled up to like half a million just like went boom, right? And now it's like scaling up to, my focus for next year is about 800,000 and then we'll, we'll break, I think we'll actually probably clear a million, the way things are going. And the, one of the reasons my business grows is because um, of what I know what the people want right now. You know, It's like really tuning into the needs of people because people are awakening and they're like, well, well let me back up. We've already awakened, like back in 2012 we, we woke but now we're trying to figure out how do we adjust and keep our vibration high on a daily basis and not self-sabotage and fall back into old behaviors that i think at this point you like you know what i mean when mm-hmm. you like self-sabotage it just feels like not you anymore oh, it's yeah yeah like, so for me it was um a lot on like giving up control like i'm hosting a retreat um for a school of soul health, which is our annual group program in whistler uh, which is a, a ski resort So I rented this beautiful home and my fiance and I are going up there with uh, 15 of us and we're doing a two day retreat to help them. It's like, you know, letting myself feel supported, you know, from the universe and from my team and from my assistant and from Chris and trusting that what I'm creating is so much bigger than me and not trying to control things, you know? And even like the next step is like I've built a lot of my business online and the next step is actually taking it offline because I'm going to start doing live events. And that's like another layer of like raising the bar. So, I always tell people every time you raise the bar, all the shit you haven't dealt with comes to the surface. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you like for me, it's always like, okay, where, where am I? Two things I'm always looking at, like, where am I getting in my own way, like where am I blocking myself, and I need to get support. And then, how can I shelf my shit and and show up to serve and help other people, Mm. and. You know, as long as I'm in service and I have a great, like, abundant mindset and an open heart, I'm good. But, yeah, you know what it's like with business.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you've done that so well with being in service from, like, the podcast, the YouTube, the Facebook Lives. I mean, you give so much to your community, whether, you know, they're, they're paying clients or whether they're not. And I think that that's because, I mean, I get messages all the time with people saying, I want an online business or I want to do online health or fitness coaching. And they just don't seem to understand the value component Maybe you could elaborate on on your marketing views. So
1: like the value of the, of their...
0: Yeah. So, I mean, content streams or, you know, just showing up on video. And, you know, I think that there's this almost like this fantasy world of what people think an online business is. And it's just people will just find you and, you know, you can make like a million dollars or $100,000 in a year. And they don't understand the the value to the community needs to be there first before... The, the income and the clients come in.
1: Yeah, it, it it does. I mean, when I first launched my coaching business, I did 80 free 20-minute calls in a month. And I signed up two people. <laughs> <laughs> Bad closing percentage. So, yeah. But, you know, I learned a lot from that. And then, obviously, your skill sets get better. But the the challenge that most people have is that they... And I say this with the most love, is they're making it all about themselves.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Please continue. Like, I'm just like giving you like a virtual high five here.
1: Like, if your business is not about you. So, the more you can place yourself in service and get out of your own way, um, the more you can serve and help people. Like, when, if I'm, for example, when I first started, um, I would get really nervous talking to people about my business. I didn't really know what I was doing yet. So, I didn't know how to articulate what I did for a living. And I would get nervous and sometimes I wouldn't even bring up and make an offer or I wouldn't even know like what to say. And what I realized is what was actually stopping me is I wasn't making it about the other person. I was making it about me and my own fears. So then I I switched it to this belief that, oh my gosh, every person that comes to me, whether it's, you know, for wanting to coach with me or just for free, that person is coming to me for a reason. So let me help them. Let me serve them in some way that will make an impact. And the biggest thing that changed for me and, and where I started enrolling clients is I started to treat every single person I talked to as if they were already a high paying client, even if they weren't. Mm. So it got me in the mindset of how would I talk to this person if they're paying me $2,000 a month right now? You know. And then it's like from there you give your best value when you show up as your best self. But yeah, your business is, it's not about you, but you already know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I said that all the time. I do a lot of social media coaching and I'm like, you know, you can be talking about yourself, but it needs to be something that's landing with the other person they can get a, yes, that's me, or they can see themselves in your story. 100%. Yeah. Well,
1: that's, the, that's a good point too, right? You, you got to share your story. Yeah. Like you, Everyone has to share the story. That's the key. Yeah. Cause it, cause connection equals currency. So if you're not making the money you want, You know, it's either this, you either have a block around like your self-worth, like there's a a kink in your garden hose and it's not flowing. And that could be around developmental trauma from your childhood. It could be around emotional blocks. It could have something to do with your relationship, like you don't feel supported in your relationship. It could be that you think you need to just do more to get ahead, but you actually need to embrace your feminine. Um, It could be that you need to change, you know, like your strategy, like you were saying, that's another piece of it too. Um, Or it could be like a total like self-worth thing that you don't even believe you deserve to earn more money, mm-hmm. which is a huge block too. Like you just don't feel good enough. So you have to look at the emotional side of things. And I think when you're first starting, I think like 90% of it, maybe even more is mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can we go into the self-worth part a little bit? Because yeah. I mean... And You might understand this from the spiritual world or even like the health coaches, they devalue the service and the value that they have for people. And I think it's from, you know, we just want to help people and we just want to be in service to people. But sometimes we can feel bad about asking for money for the transformation we're about to give someone.
1: Yeah, that's a big one, right? Yeah. Um, so how
0: would you, what would you recommend to someone who they, they're not charging their worth, they know they're not charging their worth, but they're afraid to increase their rates because I see this all the time.
1: I was just going to say, do you see that a lot in I your industry? I see, you see that a lot. Yeah. I see
0: personal trainers charging $30, $40 an hour for personal training when like the minimum, it should be 60 at least.
1: Okay. So they're like halving, yeah. ha- halving yeah. their value. Yeah. Yeah. Are there higher, are the people that charge higher for personal trainer than yep. 60? Yeah,
0: after we've gotten working with them, yeah. People charging like 95, 120 per hour and completely booking out their list. And it, it comes through, I mean, the coaching and just letting them know that, you know, it's okay and that, that they can, you know, um, increase that. But I'd love to hear your opinion on how you would or what you would recommend for someone.
1: Yeah, so never sway on your prices, ever. I never adjust my prices, ever. Um, here's why when you're in a process, it's like, it's like a dance, you know, it's like, I personally, I love the sales process. I love getting people started because it brings up all your shit. It's so good.
0: It's like, like, let me sell this person and see what I can work through. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it just brings up all your
1: stuff. Right. And whether you're going to like, and sometimes the breakdown leads to a breakthrough. And sometimes you need that breakdown. Sometimes, like I'll tell my clients, you need the shit to hit the fan because then you'll break through. Um, And I'll say this really quick for anyone that's like not making the money that they want, then you're probably way too in your comfort zone and you need to get out of it. Right. And the truth is, like, the only way you make big money with your passion is you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I have we talked about this. I'll say this really quick. the, The retreats coming up, then we're getting married in San Diego. We have all 20 of our family members flying down. Uh, Then we're going to Salt Lake City, Utah for Chris. She has a a business in doTERRA with essential oils, which I'm going to go support her with 30,000 people there. And then we come back and uh, we also go to Sedona and then we go to Maui for a honeymoon and then we're launching programs throughout that. And then we're starting live events in the new year. So right now I'm so out of control and uncomfortable. But the key is, not uncomfortable, I'm out of control with everything, but the key is I'm just allowing it, mm-hmm. right? Because as soon as I try to control it, I'm back in my comfort zone. So for like, sometimes I'll get on calls with clients and they'll be like, oh, I don't really have anything to talk about today. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're in your comfort zone. So, <laughs> yeah. so coming back to the prices, um, it's really, really simple. So one of two things are going to happen when you talk to a potential client, either you're going to enroll them into the vision of what's possible for them and their brilliance and their magnificence and the results that they can and will create. Or they're going to enroll you into their limited story mm. of, oh, I can't afford it or can you go lower or oh, could you adjust or could you do that? And so what they're actually doing is they're bending you to their story.
0: I love wow. I, I love that because so many people I, I hear from, oh, everybody says that they can't afford it. These are clients telling me this. And I'm, you know, and then they're like, well, maybe I just need to decrease my prices. And you're definitely living into their story. So are you saying it's a, it's a reflection of you when this is happening?
1: Well, it's looking at, yeah, it, 100%. It's looking at because like attracts like, right? Yeah. Like I, if, you're, if you're attracting people that say I can't afford it, um, it could be either that you're not good at painting the vision. For what's possible for them in the future, and letting them know you're going to be there with them, supporting them every step of the way, um, or they don't believe it's going to work for them, or they don't believe that you, what your service or products works for them in general. Mm-hmm. So you got to get really good at painting the vision. But if you're getting tripped up at like, oh shit, you know, this person can't afford it, then how does that make you feel? You know, like what's the story that that person saying? I can't afford it. Keep is it keep you in this I don't, I don't know like what do you hear from your clients? Is it like they can't get ahead or this is hard, or
0: yeah, like... so I work with um I work with a lot of health and fitness professionals with launching online programs and they they get really tripped up with what to ask for that and wanting to undercharge to get more people in and and then also when they come up with the blocks of people trying to nickel and dine them down or saying it's too expensive, they start going into maybe I'm charging too much and maybe I'm taking advantage of people. And these are kind of the common stories that I hear.
1: Yeah. So there, there's one. Maybe I'm taking advantage of people. Yeah. So, so I guess that's that, them
0: not even really believing in their own. And that well, comes back have, to a self-worth thing too, but then, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that person would have like a negative association with actually receiving money, mm. which is linked to their self-worth. So, so consciously, right? They're like, I got this. I got the plan from Sarah. Like, I got this. I can do this. But subconsciously, they're not open to receiving money, and they're attracting people that affirm a belief that I'm like, I'm ripping people off. I'm a fraud, or I'm taking something from someone. Whereas I have the belief, and I know you do too, is that I'm actually enhancing someone's life. So I'm very gratefully accept, you know, when a client pays me. So yeah, it's uh, it's leaning back to that old belief that they had programmed well before they started becoming a trainer. Mm-hmm. Like that, that belief, like most of our beliefs are created under the age of 10 and our personality is created pretty much by the age of, age of five. So most of like if your parents had really bad money beliefs, then you're going to as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to change the meaning around that. So yeah, you look at like entrepreneurship is brilliant, right? Because it again, it brings up all your shit in the, the enrollment process.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We think we're like, oh, we get like certified or trained or have experience to help someone with this. I'm just going to launch my services and I'm going to be successful. (laughs) It's getting through all of your own shit. Joe and I are working with an NLP coach right now, you know, through some stuff because we are massively up leveling in our business. And. It's just interesting. It's funny you bring up forgiveness because I'm actually working um, with our coach Brenda on forgiveness through all of that. So it's teaching me a lot and it's really opening up different doors because with Mm -hmm. every new level of your business, it's going to require shedding more shit, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, always.
0: Always. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I I think it like when it comes to, you mentioned like charging your, your prices, you stay firm in your prices. These are the prices. And you have a belief that if that person can't afford it, And you do everything you can. You paint the vision. You support them. And if they don't enroll, you have the belief that some people are ready to enroll or or a person or people are coming in who can afford it. Yeah. And they will.
0: Yeah. I love Gabrielle Bernstein. She always says, it's this or something more. It's this or something more. So just having that belief that something more is coming up better. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I would love, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time. If we could, you know, maybe just go another 10 minutes here. I'd love for you to talk about the archetypes a little bit. The like four most common ones that pop up. I've heard you talk about them from time and again, but I don't believe our audience would really understand that. But I know as you explain it, it's almost just so brilliant.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a big one because there's an like, infinite amount of archetypes. Oh, that's a juicy topic. Um,
0: I've heard you talk about the prostitute. <laughs> okay. The <yes>. victim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one.
1: <laughs> the prostitute? Yeah.
0: So what are like, archetypes, first yeah. of all?
1: Okay, uh, well, Caroline Mace wrote a ton of good books, uh, sacred contracts, archetypes. Um, again, Carl Jung studied a lot on archetypes, actually created the word archetype. and uh, there's a whole bunch of people that have studied and and have written books on this stuff. But um an archetype is it's imprinted on your soul. it's It's who you are, you know, and and you have um, there's, you know, a certain number of archetypes that are related just to you, that are unique to you. And then there's four that are universal. But I'll first explain what an archetype is. An archetype is like a literally a living, breathing entity that is a part of who you are. So if if the two people we talked about who are listening, you're definitely an archetype of the athlete who's ever listening. I know they are if they follow you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that doesn't mean you're like a professional super fit athlete. You know, you could just be your everyday mom who likes to exercise, and that could be that you could have the the athlete archetype, um, and then definitely the entrepreneur, uh, you know, or like the creative or the visionary, like someone who has a bigger vision for something. That's another archetype. Um, I think that ev- everyone listening to on some level is probably a spiritual seeker. You know, that's another archetype as well. So these these are once you get to understand um, who you are more as a person you understand how you function again it's like well who are you outside of business and then you can bring that into your business because your business is just a platform to express yourself um but which which ones do you what what archetypes do you want to know about do you um, want
0: to, i think it's prostitute? interesting to talk about the victim or the prostitute because i mean if people are struggling to get ahead or they have blocks in their life i mean we all we react to different things through these different personality or archetypes correct
1: yeah. 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 yeah so, the victim's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, the worst had, is, I've had a few yeah.
0: victim like clients and and even like through responses of emails or their check-ins and it's just like, you, you know that you're just, they're sitting in the victim role.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, once I've worked with a client, um, like when always, oh, when I start with the clients, it's always about everyone wants to be understood and validated. So you never want to call people out at first. You want to, you know, get to know them and really support them. And then once, um, you know, you really understand who they are and what they're about, then you can call them out on their shit. So some of my clients who are in their victim story. I'll just, they'll send me a victim email and I'll just write back. Hey, do you want to stay in your story? Question mm. mark. You know, and they're like, Oh God, I'm so in my story. Yeah. So Vic, the victim's a tough one because most people don't think they're victims. When they're playing the victim, they think they're being victimized, but they don't think they're victims, right? So the victim is—it's um, one of the challenging ones to to crack, but you can change it, and it's really about um, looking at where you're giving your power away to other people. You know, where you're giving your power away to a potential client that doesn't want to pay you your full rate. You know, and you're feeling victimized or powerless. Um, and where you're giving your power away to your partner or your spouse or your business results and how you can take your power back and be like, I'm not a victim here. I, can, I have a choice to change this. I have a choice to create what I want. I have a choice to make as much money as I want. That's when you take your power back. So it's all based on personal power and self-esteem with the victim.
0: Mm, I love that. And what's the prostitute? Because I think this is a big one, too, for a lot of people giving themselves away with nothing in return or is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the prostitute is, um, has everything to do with in any way that you feel like you're like violating or trading in your soul for money or financial security. So the two people I see do this the most that I work with, the first person is someone that is in a job that they fucking hate mm. and they feel like it's draining their soul every day. Um, the second person is typically a woman that is in a relationship where the she feels like she can't voice her true feelings or create the money she wants because she doesn't feel totally empowered or supported, and so she's trading that in for not maybe not necessarily financial support but maybe more emotional support, and um, and so again prostituting out the soul for some kind of you know earthly support. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it's like you you really got to look at like if you're in a job you hate, it's like, well, what what can you do to start transitioning into something you truly love? And if you're in a relationship where you feel that way, well, what does it look like to take your personal power back and uh, not feel like you're trading in your self-worth for money or security?
0: Yeah i love that i love that so much great insight because i think a lot of people don't think about this stuff they don't think about the energy they don't think about the role that they're playing and we then then we all just bumble through life going why am i not getting ahead
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and and the
1: the victim was like i said it's once you transition the victim like my clients i've seen their whole life transform um so there's four there's four so the there's four universal so i don't know if you know what universal archetypes are but meaning that every person on the planet has them like you and I are entrepreneurs, but not everyone is an entrepreneur. You and I are the athlete, but not everyone is an athlete. But everybody has four universal archetypes and they're the prostitute, the victim, the saboteur, and the child. And these are like essential to understand because they're basically four legs of your tabletop and your tabletop is your life. So if those four legs are wonky, your whole life is going to be like out of out of balance, out of out of alignment. So it's the the essence of understanding these is really important because, like, the victim, it's to actually understand that I used to be a victim all the time. Like, oh, my God, like, everyone, this person did that to me. You know, like, this person, did, I feel so like, what? I can't believe that he did this or she did this. Nothing's <laughs> ever my fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to believe what this person did. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, the vic- the whole point of the victim is to, again, transform it into taking your power back and having your personal power and understand you create your life. You create your life. So you have a choice there, right? The other one is, um, we talked about the prostitute is to, you know, move into understanding like you have to take back your self-worth, that you can create money or, or security doing what you love. Um, The saboteur, which is any form of self-sabotage, is all about choice. Like, does this choice disempower me or does it empower me? Am I focused on the right thing or am I focused on the wrong? Like, am I looking for what's right or am I looking for what's wrong all the time? Mm -hmm. And so that's, again, how you stop self-sabotaging. You get out of your own way. You start making different choices. I'm sure that's how you help people improve their health. Oh, yeah. And then the last one is the child. So, what happens with people who are usually, um, you know, serious in life, like more masculine, is typically they didn't really have a childhood because they had too much responsibility. Hmm. So, they might have had to take care of their parents or their siblings, or at a very young age, had to do a lot for people. And so, the, when you can embrace more of your playfulness, more of your like cheerfulness, joyfulness, like ease and effort, maybe spontaneity you embrace your childlike wonder for life. So just think of it this way, right? So if you have one, childlike wonder, two, you're not a victim, you understand that you create everything in your life, three, you don't get sucked into self-sabotage, you actually make super empowering choices, you think of super abundant thoughts, you're like very open giving and giving and open to receiving as well. And last one you're not giving away your power to some job or some person you're actually like understanding like you can create money doing what you absolutely love that is a solid foundation for a life mm. and then you're just like then you're making money then you're in your power
0: yeah i love it i love it our listeners are probably like oh my goodness i need to stop doing this and you just stop doing that and you know once we understand these and this all starts to click and that's when we can start to really get out of our own way right yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the big thing um, and sometimes, to be honest, when I work with people, it's it's just talking about it, because there's you'd be surprised how many of people. I mean, I have clients that do extremely well financially, and I have clients that are just getting their business going, so they're just building the foundation of fi- uh, financially. And you'd be surprised how many of us, um, like silently suffer. You know that you wouldn't know that person's actually struggling, and then just talking through it just sometimes helps us release that tension to get out of our own way.
0: Mm. I love it. Yeah. So, sometimes you just want to be heard or even be validated that yes, this does need to change. Yeah,
1: yeah totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Support. It's always like, okay, like, I'm always looking at, okay, you know, like, where is my support right now? Mm-hmm. Is it the universe? Is it Chris? Is it myself? Like, where am I feeling supported? And, uh, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm safe.
0: Good. Good. I have two more questions for you. Yeah. What does fulfillment mean to you?
1: damn that was a really fast one
0: (laughs) no time to think take another drink of water (laughs) just kidding
1: yeah what does fulfillment mean to me um
0: it's a a tough one and i I think it's an important one to see so many different aspects of people
1: yeah i don't know a month in maui without anything to do
0: (laughs) pure (laughs) bliss
1: (laughs) um yeah, really nice Starbucks coffee um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a good workout in the morning. Easy <laughs> to <I'm> um, <laughs> <either> please. <laughs> uh, you know, I, honestly, I feel very fulfilled with my life now. So for me, I, I get great, in all honesty, I get great fulfillment doing things like this, like in spending time with you, Sarah, and spending time with my clients and getting to serve them and help them. And for me, it's like I believe that the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the quality of your relationships. So I get a lot of enjoyment out of people. And so that's very fulfilling to me is being able to uh, serve and help people.
0: Mm, I love that. And last question, if you could go back to your 25-year-old self, what would you want him to know?
1: (laughs) Oh, God. That was a fucking disaster.
0: (laughs) Tell them to smarten up.
1: <laughs> oh, it was—it's—it's it's easy, um, and I still struggle with this. Uh, stop thinking that you know everything and that you're better than other people.
0: Mm. Mm, interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something we're still trying to work through. I see. <laughs> Just
1: uh, yeah, that. Um, yeah, that's because that's the archetype for me of the. So, with every archetype, you have a shadow side. So, like, the spiritual seeker is someone who's, like, super, you know, awake and connected and enlightened. The, sh- the shadow side, the dark side of that person, if it goes um, too deep, is that they think they're better than other people. Mm. And so for me, when I look back on it, it's like, oh, God, I thought I knew everything at 25. So I'd be like, yeah, go get yourself around some more successful people that know
0: more than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank She's you. The in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Honestly, I think you've given a, a breath of fresh air uh, to our listeners, you know, through all this spiritual talk, because I know that this is important and I'm still very much at the be- beginning stages of my own spiritual journey. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you could share that with our audience.
1: Yeah. So this is so this is one of the funnest podcasts I've ever done. Good. Yeah. Thank awesome. you for having awesome.
0: me. Awesome. Yeah. So where can we find you, creep you, see everything about Ryan?
1: Uh, my website, com. You can find everything on there, podcasts, programs, connect with me, all that juicy stuff.
0: Great, great. And you have a great uh, seven day money block course, right? A free one on your. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I your... do. Yeah. The you can actually go to just rinykomi.com, it's on the very top, and it's a free seven day spiritual money flow mini course. Yeah. So you get uh seven uh money mantras, uh seven guided visualizations, and you get uh, Seven days of very simple questions to ask yourself that will help unblock things. So, good journaling exercises or just to like reflect on the questions. I will warn everyone um, I shot those videos when my hair was very long and very high. <laughs> okay, so, and I actually was at the time um, out of shape, so I was probably like, I would say 15 pounds heavier than I am now.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so <funny>. Warning, warning.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Awesome. But go check but that the out. Guys.
1: Great. Yeah. Just listen to the videos. Don't the watch them. Great.
0: But I love that you haven't been like felt the need to have to quote unquote, perfect that or go back and redo. It. I mean, the content's done, right? Like, and it's highly valuable. You might as well keep it going. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's like looking, looking pictures of yourself from like 10 years ago. It's like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. 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 And then you turn, then you turn like 50 or 60. You're like, oh God, if only I could look like I did when I was 30. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's letting go of that, like perfectionism. Mm
0: -hmm. Something else I think we all kind of struggle with too. Yeah, Yeah, I agree beautiful thank you so much ryan i truly appreciate you guys his podcast is called the soul wealth podcast it's amazing amazing guests amazing insight from ryan so please go check that out as well thank you so much ryan